Good morning. It is Monday morning again. Time for Monday's meditation. I, again, am so happy to be here with you. I am so happy to be here with you because God. It is just as simple as that. God talks, he speaks, he shares with me. I learn from him and I am so excited when I hear those things that um, the natural thing I want to do is to share. And so I'm going to be talking again about cultivating the fruit of the spirit this morning. We talked about it last week and um, I am doing some training with a man called John Paul Jackson and um, doing I have the training manual and watching some videos. He is no longer alive, but watching some training videos and um, I, stuff he has said it's so appropriate. I mean, when you hear it, you're going to feel how, see, you're going to hear how appropriate it is to what I've been talking on. And um, I, I just kind of does. It, do you ever have those times where something is so right on time, like so perfect, you you just grin from ear to ear because you know God did it. You know God orchestrated it, orchestrated it, and. I do that sometimes when I get behind on my, on my Bible reading. And then that day when I'm behind and I'm catching up, I read something that's perfect for that today. And so God is amazing. Let's just start out with saying that. Let's just spend a, a second here worshiping and thanking him for who he is. I am amazed by God constantly. I guess I come face to face with my humanity, maybe more often than others, possibly. I don't know. I don't know why I am, but I am. I am so amazed at his involvement in my life, in his speaking to me, in his talking and sharing things with me. It's amazing. So why wouldn't I want to cultivate, as I talked about a couple of weeks ago, time with him? I said this probably from the inception of my podcast. <laughs> um, why wouldn't I want to cultivate and spend time with him? I have shared with you so many reasons. He is worth it. He is worthy, but he is worth my time. He is worth me spending and sacrificing something else of my time or my attention to something else and giving it to him. He is so worthy. So let's talk this morning about cultivating the fruit of the spirit. Now, I know that we look at Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and we talk about there, there's the fruit of the Spirit um, listed in those verses. But 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, sorry, I'll get it out um, better this morning, says something, Dr. Tony Evans pointed this out in one of his um, sermons, and I thought that was, was a great way to look at this. I'm gonna read this scripture. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy and I pray that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at that last phrase. I know we want to look at the first phrase, the God of peace, because we talked about that having the, you can't have the peace of God until you know the God of peace. Um, so you have to have that in the right order. But I want to look at the last part. I pray God, your whole spirit and body his whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. Look at that order. Your whole spirit, soul, and body. And he said, 
the way you act in this world will be on how you view yourself. Do you view yourself as a spirit first, and then a soul, and then a body? Or do you view yourself as a body, then a soul, then a spirit? Are you more invested in your humanity than your spiritual side? And that is why you want to spend daily time in God's Word, in His presence, praying so that you develop your spiritual side because you are a spiritual person. If you have been saved by God through the bloodshed of Jesus, you are a spiritual person. You will shed this mortal, you will trade this mortal for immortal, and you will live in eternity. Spiritual people have spiritual fruit. You should have spiritual fruit if you are a spiritual person. So as, as I was reading through this training, it, again, was so wonderful because this week he reviewed the fruit of the Spirit. And he reviewed, um, said a couple of other points that I'd like to give him credit for and, and, um, and talk to you about. Um, he said that, um, hold on, this part I'm going to tell you. Um, because I don't want to read it all. Um, basically, but if you have a, and you do, you've been given a spiritual gift, but if you, let's, you do have a spiritual gift and you are not under the Holy Spirit's um, pruning and winnowing, you know, just molding process, then that gifting still resides in your humanity more than anything else. I hope I'm making myself clear. You're using it out of your humanity if you're not letting the Holy Spirit develop that character. And gifting in any way, shape, fashion, or form, whether it's a spiritual gift or a natural gift, without being crafted and honed and, and molded to be godlike, to be used through the Spirit, can be very destructive. I know this is going to sound light in order of what I'm in light in light of what I'm saying. Um, it's going to seem a little not um, frivolous because I'm going to point to think about the comic books and the movies. And like I said, I know that seems a little frivolous at this moment, but think about it. In those movies, we have superheroes, superheroes. They have superpowers, you know like Jesus did supernatural gifts, but they're not on the same level, <laughs> okay? Not at all, but do you see what I'm saying? They're, 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 they're looked at and revered as greater than humanity. They have great gifting. And yet, we see over and over again, in, in many times, even books of old, that if you have great gifting, but you don't have character, it can be very destructive. We see this in the life of Samson. He had great gifting, but he didn't have great character. And his life did not overall, I mean, he is in the, in the, hall, um, the, the list of faith, um, the hall of faith, but he did not have great character. And we do not look upon his life as something we want to emulate. Okay? So Samuel, on the other hand, had great character. He let none of God's words fall to the ground. 
he spent time in God's presence. He, before he was going to anoint Saul as king, he looks at them and says, looks at the people and says, if I've done anything to defame you or defraud you or you know anything that you can say against me, let me know. He, I mean, he put it right out there. You're rejecting. It seems like you're rejecting me because you want this king because I'm the, the prophet and leading you, but he's saying is there anything I did and they 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 couldn't say anything Samuel had great character and and so you want to develop the fruit of the Spirit in your life if you feel like God is you know this is something John Paul Jackson said if you feel like that if you feel that God is calling you to be used in any type of ministry we should fall on our face in fear and trembling and be humbled not puffed up and accept the winnowing, purifying process that is necessary for each of us to overcome our character flaws. As I said earlier, we are not born um, in this world so naturally gifted that we have to do nothing to purify it or to hone it. I mean, I, I dare to say Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, some of the elders in basketball who were great who obviously had great talent, and we, we surmised it was, you know, great natural talent. They still were practicing. I have, um, because I used to teach a lot of um, coordination, I have a picture that I got from my husband, but it's um, Larry Bird, and it has all these championship banners behind him, and there's no one in the stands, and he's, he's practicing shooting his free throws. And the bottom of the caption says, some fear the last shot, some live for it. And I used to show it to um, the kids that I worked with. And I would say, you know, he is considered one of the greatest basketball players of all times. And he has all of this behind him of championships, of, of greatness, because of how good he is and teamwork. But look what he's still doing. He's still out there practicing. Are we that diligent in the spiritual world? To, to spend time diligently growing and growing and growing and growth is going to have some falling down periods. That's just part of it. Larry Bird is not going to make 100% of his free throw shots. Michael Jordan, I don't know of anybody who makes 100%. Just, it's just not going to happen. There's going to be falls and bumps along the way. But um, the fruit of the Spirit, I want to read how John Paul Jackson said them. You know, you can find a lot of, and I did, I've done a um, Beth Moore study, I've done several other studies a long time ago, and, and she had some good um, ways of looking at the fruit of the Spirit. In fact, it's funny because um, at the time, I wrote them all down. I don't know if you can see this, and you don't really need to see it in detail, but you can see how small this writing is. Um, it is very, very, very tiny, and I wrote down all of the fruit of the Spirit. And, um, and I think I said Galatians 5 earlier. Um, anyways, Galatians 6. Um, What's sad is that I did not realize that I left until a much later time because sometimes I write things down and I don't go back and look at them and I'm guilty of that in many ways in my job as an occupational therapist. I will write copious notes and a continuing education and then rarely go back to look at them. Um, so I did not notice until sometime later that I'd forgotten. There was only eight on this page. I think I forgot kindness. I need to go back and put some more kindness in there. 
Okay, so that's a side note. But I just remember that was there. And it's actually from my older Bible that kind of fell apart. So I tore that one page out um, and put it in a in this one because it's it's great information and I need to read it more often, don't I? But this is more concise. This was very long and I like long detailed information. Um, I like to look back into the original language and there's lots more information there. And so I love the nuances in the original language, but this is much more concise. So I'm gonna read these to you. Love, so we're gonna go through the fruit of the spirit. Love is the first one. It is, he says, John Paul Jackson, is humble concern for others more than yourself. Love is humble concern for others more than yourself. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So that's that's the epitome of that love. Joy, contagious, it's contagious, and others feel it and take it on when they're near you. Don't you love that? It's not just contagious, joy should be contagious, but uh, others feel it, and then the contagious part, take it on when they are near you. Isn't that great? We can spread, you know, fear spreads, we can, we can spread fear. Why don't we spread joy? Isn't that, isn't that great to think about? That I'm going to go someplace and I'm going to change the atmosphere in the room. And I'm going to bring joy in it. And my joy is going to, to seep out, overflow from me because I'm full of the Holy Spirit. It's going to flow out of, overflow out of me. And it's going to impact and change others in the room. That's what we want. We want to be life-changing people for the kingdom. And we can through the Holy Spirit in us. Peace. Tranquility when life's events don't go the way you anticipated. Oh, I love that. Peace is tranquility when life's events don't go the way you anticipated. We talked about, you know, um... Counting all joy several weeks ago, put it in the positive column. It's an accounting term, count it all joy. Um, and you can have peace, which is tranquility when life's events don't go the way you anticipated. Long suffering or patience, steadfastness in the midst of betrayal or deep disappointment. Think about the life of Joseph. He had a spiritual gift. He heard from God in dreams and God was telling him what was going to happen. But it's in his immature state, he shared that with his brothers and with his parents, and um, it didn't go well. It didn't go well. You know, when God gives you a dream or a word, part of that maturing process is knowing when to say it and what to say, and um, who to say it to and how to say it, and I don't think he passed that part of the test. Um, so he ends up, and again, it's a humbling process. God had to work out many things in his life so that when he had fulfilled what God wanted him to do, and, and his brothers come up to him, instead of killing Abraham's bloodline, because he would have killed all the brothers right then. He saw them and said, yep, I told y'all, and y'all did this to me. Y'all, I spent miserable years, and I'm still upset about it. But he had spent time, obviously, with God, being the man, becoming the man that God wanted him to be. And long-suffering and patience is steadfastness in the midst of betrayal or deep disappointment. And Joseph epitomizes that. Um, can you say that, you know, that for you? 
but God worked that into him. But again, it was a growth process. He had the gift, but it's a growth process. Kindness. That is gentleness with others who are weaker or less capable than you. Kindness. Gentleness with others who are weaker or less capable than you. Goodness. That is seeking the well-being of others over your own well-being. You know, goodness is also like benevolence. You're giving to others. You're seeking the well-being. You're not just thinking about it. You're doing something. You're seeking the well-being of others over your own well-being. That's goodness. Faithfulness. That's faith in the unseen and not yet purposes of God in you and others that keep you from giving up. Ooh, that is, I think that's what keeps me going. You know, I know God has purposes for every one of us. I know he has purposes for me. And I, I guess like Joseph in the pit, um, sit there and say, I may not be where I am going to be, where God is leading me, but I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. Faithfulness. Let's read that definition again. It is faith in the unseen and the not yet promises of God in you and others that keep you from giving up. I have promises written down from God that have not been fulfilled yet. I have the date. I have it stamped with, God, you said this to me. And I am still waiting on those. And I am waiting with expectancy because he gave them and they're great. But he had his own, he has his own time frame. And I want to be full of faith. I want to be faithful in what he's given to me. Gentleness. That is meekness or softness evidenced by how we handle others when they disagree with us. We need that one in this day in society. We need it all the time. I shouldn't say that. We need it all the time, especially on Facebook. I mean, we say this a lot or the social media. We need meekness or softness evidenced by how we handle others when they disagree with us. Someone replied to someone yesterday and there was a very, it was a very gentle answer and I was so proud of them. They, when they went to disagree, both of them was very gentle, very respectful and honoring to each other in the midst of not seeing eye to eye. And that's how it should be. That is one of the fruit of the spirit. That is how it should be. And self-control, that is temperance or the ability to master our passions and desires. And you know, God made us with those things. I have a passion to help people. I have a passion to help people. If you've been around me for any amount of time, you know that. I'm an occupational therapist. I um, do an emotional freedom. It's called a aroma freedom technique. I um, you know, go on mission trips and I'm the one um, rubbing someone's shoulders or something when I don't need to, when I can be taking a break from my job and doing what I do. And I don't because it just comes out of me. It is my passion. But sometimes we have desires and passions and we don't have the ability to control them. They control us. That may be someone, let's just say, you know, say it's not always a bad thing. That's an occupational therapist, but I have such drive that I want to get to the top and be the best occupational therapist and I don't care who I step on along the way. Then that's not self-control. You know, so um, it's not always a bad thing. It can be a good thing that you still let get out of control. So everything starts out 
every gift we have, whether it's from in the natural or the spiritual, starts out, you know, even like a, you look like at a baby in its development. It moves around, and that, that process of going from just laying there all curled up to walking is not in days and hours. It does take months, months and months. And so it's, it grows all of the body with it all of the needed muscles from the muscles in the feet to the muscles in the hand that support it when it pushes up on its belly but those are the same uh, movements and muscles that are needed when it falls when it stands up and walks and it still has to put those hands out to brace itself when it falls and catch itself so it doesn't hit its face hit um, his or her face so all of those stages of development are crucial because if that doesn't happen, what I see as an occupational therapist, if I don't see a lot of tummy time and a lot of pushing up and bearing weight on that hands and those baby, that baby sits up early, it's put up in a, in a device that helps it sit up early and starts to walk after that, and it doesn't practice having some little, um, having some weight bearing and some little bits of falling, you know, it's not very far to fall when you're on your belly and you're pushing up on your um, arms and you fall and hit your face. But when you're standing and you go to fall, hitting your face is a bigger deal because you got a lot more weight and a lot more speed behind you and um, it's, and it's further. And so I see babies with that, if they skip those stages, there's a lot of fear in their system. A lot of fear in their system. They're very emotionally labile. Their they're emotions, they're, they're, the things that we don't recognize set them off, set them off emotionally because they're afraid. And if they fall, it's a bigger deal because they didn't practice it and they didn't grow in that. And they didn't learn that it's not a big deal. My nose hurt and I thought it was the end of the world when I pushed up on my elbows and I fell down, but it ended and it was okay. And then when I pushed up on my arms and my elbows were straight, I fell and hit my face, but it wasn't the end of the world. I got over it. It wasn't permanent. It's okay. And then when I sat up and I fell, it was much longer, but sometimes I caught myself, I braced myself halfway, sometimes I didn't, but you know what? It wasn't in the world. So when I, that baby is standing and they fall, it's just a little bit more of a fall, not a much bigger and more hurtful fall for them. And that's what we want to look at spiritually. We want to, be, we want to grow, and in that growth process, we're going to have little times of, of falling. Yes, we are. But I am not the sum of my failures. I am not. I am not the sum of my failures and my fallings and my faults. I am a child of God who he greatly desires that I grow in him. And that, that happens, that maturity process happens as I spend time with him and then I come down back to earth, you know. Um, I, I, I'm seated in heavenly places and I'm back and leave, never leave earth, but you know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm here on earth living it out, doing the practical applications we just talked about, having concern for others more than yourself, steadfastness in the midst of betrayal, seeking the well-being of others over your own well-being. That's where we live it out. We walk it out. We learn how to apply it in this situation and then in a new situation that looks totally different and I go, wait, that's something totally different. How do I apply it here? Go back to God and find out. And that's how we live. That's what Jesus did. He said, I only do what the Father, what I see the Father doing. I only do what the Father tells me to do. He lived his life seated in heavenly places. He was all man, but he looked to the Father constantly to know what to do. And he exhibited, he is the epitome of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let us be just like that. 
that is all I have for this week. I hope you learned something new. Um, like I say, it was neat, little shorter definitions of the fruit of the spirit, but I thought it was amazing and timely. Think on these things this week. How can you, and if you want to try one, to just say, you know, I'm going to work on one this week. I and mean, the fruit of the spirit is nine, but it's one. But um, if you know, I, I need to work on self-control this week. Or I need to work on being kind with my words. Or I need to be gentle with people around me when I respond to them. What is God convicting you of? What is the Holy Spirit telling you you need to work on this today or this week? Work on that one. You want to always have all of them being worked on. But um, if you need to pick out one that you say, this is my one for this week. All right. Thank you for joining me. And I will see you back next week. Bye-bye.